and welcome to the Mancunian Candidates. We are the guys who tell you in the UK what's going on in the US, and we tell you guys in the US what sort of stuff's going on here. We bring you Brexit from a UK perspective, and we try to explain what's going on with a certain somebody uh, who who certainly been busy this week, Mr. Donald Trump, the President of the United States. He he's almost got a permanent half hour slot on the show since the guy ran for election, since he first appeared on the escalator. And bringing you the show, it's me, Mr. Mike Royce, and Mr. Uh, my name's Paul Ripley. Uh, Mr. Mike Royce. Mr. Mm. Mike Royce. That's a fine. Title. Posh that, isn't it? That's a fine title. Yeah, it is. Um, so today we're talking about. The obvious repercussions from the weekend. We're talking about what's going on uh, in this chaotic. Country. Well, you said the weekend is still. He's not stopped. Is that it? that that set of tweets started at the weekend, went through the weekend, and okay. today uh, he's uh, carried on. He's doubled down. He, in, instead of every, and and he's been. You know, he's been censured. Yeah. But we'll get into that. Yeah, and also uh, we are covering. Um, like I said what's going on in, here in the UK. It's only next week we find out. Uh, Prime Minister will be. Yeah, we know who it is. Yeah, we do. We know who it is. Of course we do. He's got 80% of the vote locked in. And also, I have a little piece as well about the BBC and their coverage of the Labour Party. And in the BBC in general, I mean, for many weeks I've talked about the BBC, how I think it's changed so much. It's always, it's always supposed to be impartial. You, you join the BBC and you're supposed to uh, give this impartial voice, which is trusted throughout the world. And many parts of it are great. They're amazing at making uh, dramas and coverage of sport. How patronising. The book. But it must be great for someone who works at the BBC to hear you coming out with I've that. I've worked for the BBC. Yeah. I've worked for the BBC. Yeah. So I, I can I can say. Yeah, but you don't now, though. No, I don't now. So you're throwing no, all I your work, co- work former a, colleagues no, under no, the bus, I, really, I, I, aren't you? I work for a far better organisation. Oh, I agree. I do there agree. Go. There we go. So we were covering that as well while uh, Mike is uh, defending the Royals and the BBC. Okay. They're not the same. I'm sorry, where, where's the link? between those two, the, the Royals the, the and the BBC. The do they run the BBC, well, the undes- do they? undefendable, in my opinion, but have a, oh, okay. let's move on. Right. Um, let, where, where should we start it, Mike? Well, uh, he's this, a racist, isn't he? Yeah. Discuss. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. what more do you... Yeah. What, he's, you can cover it up. I'm sick to death of hearing people that are slightly centred towards the right but kind of like Trump and stick up for him. I'm sick of the justifications now. You you are, if you, at this stage, are OK. I'm not saying if you still support Trump, you're automatically a racist. But if you are OK with his conduct this weekend and stand by the tweets that he's been sending out, the, the, his own message, it doesn't matter there are tweets, there is words, they his words, what he's been saying this weekend. If you're happy with that, you are a racist. You are a racist, and that's it. You are a, a right-wing, extreme nationalist racist, because there is no other explanation. He told four people, it doesn't matter whether he agrees with them, disagrees with them, based upon their ethnicity, based upon the way they look and the colour of the skin, the fact one's got her jeep, the etc., the whole mess, the four of them that are known as the squad, who the most famous one, the best-known one, because of the documentary and the coverage, is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. It sounds like they should be in your magazine, Mike, the squad. The squad. Sort of like oh, they, 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 do, do you know, somewhere. I'm going to get on to that. This is an aspect of this that I, I just want to cover briefly. You... 
if you are the sort of right-wing, lunatic, idiot, moronic, racist prick that Donald Trump is and the people that are supporting him, I would argue that what you have done this weekend has done more to empower those four women than anything they could do. You've got them international attention. You've got all four of them. You've, over the weekend, even the people, I mean, I knew who they were, Paul did, we all did, because we cover politics and we do it in a professional capacity. But the other people, some people kind of know who they are in the UK. A few really do know and follow it. But Everyone knows those four women now. Everybody knows who they are. And he's nicknamed them the squad. It sounds badass to me. That sounds... What he's actually doing is empowering them. Let's dissect what he said. He suggested that because they're always moaning about the United States, which I'll just clear up, they're not moaning about the United States. They're moaning about the version of the United States that Donald Trump is imposing on people where people are locked in concentration camps like Belson. That's what he's objecting. That's the objection. That's what these ladies who have just... They're freshmen, they're fresh in, sure... Do they make mistakes? Yeah, Cortez has made plenty. She ain't walked on water this year. But they're trying, and what they've got to say is a vibrant, progressive voice in politics. Now, what they're doing by calling them the squad and doing doing it, you're building them up, you morons. You're actually getting them a centre stage that they didn't have. They are now the most, the four best-known people, besides Joe Biden and, and Pelosi. They are the four best-known people in the Democratic Party, in fact, possibly even in the whole of the United States Congress right now. The, so what's he done? He says, I, I think you should go home. I, I, why, if you're not happy here, we then go home. Well, yeah, they are home, Mr. So-called President. They are home. Of course they're home. They were born, all of them, were born in the United States of America. This? Do you think this All of them. I mean, one of them, that. sorry, one was, yeah. just to clear up, one was born abroad, but the parents came in. She was introduced to, she came into the United States as an 18-month-old baby, and then the parents got nationalised. They became American citizens. So she's been an American citizen since she, before she could talk. So she's an American, and that Statue of Liberty and Bring Unto Me and all the all that gubbins, that it either means something or it doesn't. If you want to run the country and change it into what Donald Trump does, I suggest you dismantle that statue. Do you think he the the, the line go back to your own country? Uh, it's was, racist. Uh, we, we definitely racist. It's been it's racist. Used, it's been used for yeah. many, many years. It's, it's from, been a, used. from two generations. Back. I remember when there was problems with it in in school when the seventies when yeah. they, they, we had an Irish lad in school and he was just Irish. He was from Southern Ireland as well. And and because of all the problems and all the arguing and all the all the uh, campaigns and the IRA and all that, he he get persecuted. And they go ah go back to bombing land. You go yeah. back to bombing land. I remember him shouting yeah. it. Set my school, lots of Asian kids. Yeah. Get back to Pakistan. Yeah, go on. Even though the kids were Indian. Yeah, get back I know, to Pakistan, I know. They, well, you don't expect people to know that. They but just do say you people think, are Korean. Do you is, think he's just came out a statement off the cuff? Or did, did he, did he realise that Stop they are the American? So, off the cuff. So he didn't think about it, no. blurted it out, then defended it. They look it. foreign. They look foreign. Look at her. She's got a hijab. That's a really black woman. Oh, she looks a bit Mexican. That's what this is about. That's literally what it's about 
you know. And today, if you thought he'd calm down, and, and again, as I said, you're only making them stronger. The you're first, making them stronger. The first quote uh, from his former lawyer said, he's a racist. He's a racist. Yeah. He's a bigot. Yes, he yeah. And everybody uh, was... knows. And today he's, he's branded those four women the four horsewomen of the apocalypse. Now, got clip... Again, badass. Got you, you're empowering them. Play here about why, um, why he's been defended by the GOP, the grand old party themselves. But I, I want to, before I play that, I, I want to get your version of why do you think um, people are surrounding and not. Kicking off and saying, no, President, you can't say that. Obviously, there's a political divide here. Uh, on one side saying you're racist, and the other side saying mm. nothing much other than defending or turn it into, right. well, they hate the country. They hate the country and said this about the country, which you've sort of covered okay. there. But but why aren't they coming out and saying... Because, because life, life uh, is very complex, and if life is complex, politics is tenfold complex. And in life... When you're playing a game of poker, for example, you've got a certain set of cards and there is a point where you've bettered and you've been sensible, you've value bettered, you've so so much in, but then your chip lead is down a little bit and if you start to uh, keep being ground down, you're reaching inf- what's known as an inflection point where the value of what you've got isn't enough to regain control of the table. So you have to be very careful. And that inflection point, and inflection points happen in life, and an inflection point in this point, in this, um, shall we call it, a diagnosis, is they've gone in. They didn't want him. There was a following. They were given a choice. Um, do we support him? Because we might, we might win. Or if we do, if we sort of support him and then he goes crashing down in flames, we can walk away. Surprisingly, he won the presidency and he got a lot of people in power that thought they were going to lose the seats. So there was this honeymoon period. But one thing is for sure, when he got, when he was running, they thought that the clown show would end when he got in the White House. They thought that because you've had people who have been quite loosey-goosey in the past, George um, George uh, Bush Jr. was quite... Uh, a ru- unruly child, shall we say? Uh, but once it got into the White House, that you had Cheney, you had a, a you had a chief of staff, you had other people, you had the apparatus. That the apparatus went right. This is what we're doing, Mr. President. And he went okie dokie, and then went off golfing. Now they thought they were going to do that with Trump. They thought that they were going to do that with Trump, and Trump was uncontrollable. Once they got him in the White House, he was uncontrollable. But the point is, somewhere along the line, there was an inflection point where they realised, oh, my God, we can't back out because if we back out now, we are guaranteed to be out of power for a decade at least because we're going to back out, pencil take over, it's going to go down in flames at the next election. You're going to have two terms at least of a Democratic president, maybe three terms. We're going to have to erase the stain of Trump. So what they, What do you do in that play? You can't go backwards. So you've got, you're like a shark. You've got, to sh- you've got to swim forwards. What have they done? Some people have recognised what's about to happen. Jeff Flake, Paul Ryan. These are people who you would have normally been 
old men when they left Congress, wouldn't they? They'd have been old yeah. men walking yeah. out there to get the pension. Um, they would have rode that gravy train for all it's worth, and they show you exactly where the sensible Republicans are. When Paul Ryan left, the, that was the, the inflection clip, point. The, the next that was the inflection Paul, point. Paul Ryan's book, really. Yeah. Um, my thoughts are... I believe he calls it American carnage. That's right, The, the, yeah. the actual yeah. situation. Yeah. My thoughts are, um, you know, because I've met plenty in my life, and I, I'm sure you have, mm -hmm. but bullies. Mm. He's bullying people around who don't have never been bullied before. Yeah, they don't know how to handle they it. They don't know how to handle it. And therefore, he, he's he's knocking around and he's getting rid of them. If you they just can't says, afford to turn on him because all of them tomorrow. And that's the reason why they're not. Look, no, I know all of them tomorrow. Yeah, but it's not just him. They're bullied by him and they're scared by him. But if they st they can stand up to him, but if they stand up to him, they're going to destroy uh, the Republican Party as a party of government for at least fifteen years, and they're aware of this. They're going to be in the wilderness for fifteen years. They might even lose the Senate if he goes down. I think it's fifty-fifty. I think they're scared of him and they're scared of standing up to him because the consequences are you stick with him, and at the end of the day, you'll be damaged. Yeah, you've yeah. got a job at least. The other way round, no one's got a job, and they might be out of power for a long time. But they they are hoping that he's going to... I think there's a lot of Republicans, can I just say, that were hoping that that bloody report was damning enough that he would have to resign. It's getting late in the day, though, isn't it? Oh, he's not resigning now. We're done. Yeah. We're going into this yeah. election. And if you really want my opinion, if you want to give Donald Trump, you want to make him, upset him and teach him a lesson, all you've got to do is give him a thrashing an unbelievable thrashing in the presidential election next year because he won't be able to cope with that. His ego will destroy him. If he loses by a landslide in that election, he will have the biggest meltdown you've ever seen. My thoughts are on it are this, really, on the line, go back to your own country. I think he's right. Mm -hmm. I think he's right. I think he's right in the sense of uh, go back to your own country because his country, yeah. the America of today, mm. is like Mississippi. It yeah. wasn't until 1995 that they actually outlawed slavery. 1995. Yeah. Did you realise that? And his, his, his um, world, or his America, make America great again, it was when the blacks had no power. Yeah. Black people had no power well, whatsoever. That, that's the subtext with this, it? It's a it? whole rose-tinted thing, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and where they wasn't allowed to go on a bus, and they weren't allowed to eat in the same place, the same part in a cafe. That's his world. That's his America. So go back to your own country. It's one where he sees it very different, where it's the liberal views. And I love this word, how they're using the word socialism now, like communism. It's the, the big They've nasty been, word. They've been doing is that for two decades. Been They've been doing it since Absolutely. Reagan. Yeah, They've been doing it since Reagan. The they last tried. few days, though, has yeah. been unbelievable. They couldn't unbelievable. brand. They couldn't brand. Where they, it all came from the Jimmy Carter administration because he was he was he was getting a lot of advice from a lot of very left wing think tanks, and it was winding everybody up on the right. And they were they couldn't call him commie because that was too extreme. And that was where they started to go, oh, these are socialist policies, these are socialist advisors. And that's where it all started. It all started in the 70s. It became, they started to twist it. Because, and it, and it is, he's right when he said know. they are socialists. Yes, and rightly so. They believe that there should be education and health service for people. 
there's, as, there's, as a right. There's nothing wrong in this. There are a lot so are we, of socialists. Are we socialist, Mike? Yeah, we are, and and I'm proud of it. And yeah. I'm very socialist Absolutely. in what I do. Our company is running a socialist yeah. way. You know, even the way that we pay the staff at certain points in the company, they're paid equally. Not they go, not they, we don't pay them lower when they're under twenty-one. They all get the same, and that's the that's the thing. Now you can't explain that to people. People either want to be like that or not, and it's not about in politics. a fairer country. Yeah, fairer place to live. So he was right. It makes it happier. He, he wants to go back. Uh, they, he wants them to go back to a country which he doesn't recognise. Uh, and he wants to stay in his own country of uh, bigotry and right-wing nonsense. Well, he, 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 what, what he doesn't realise, though, is it couldn't. It was unsustainable. What do you think would have happened in 1960s if you'd have said, right, you're not slaves, but now nah, you're not getting a vote. You're not. You are going to be segregated forever. You're ne- we, we're not going to give you the same freedoms as us white folk. What? What do you think? Where do you think that would have gone? Where do you think that would have gone? They, they'd have been a civil war. They'd have been absolute oh, civil war. They nearly was. It was tipping out yeah, onto yeah. the streets. Mississippi yeah. was on fire uh, while all uh, this was and going the, on. And the poor, uh, I feel sorry for the for the army in Vietnam at yeah. the time. They came back and nobody wanted to know because yeah. they were fighting a war which wasn't winnable. Yeah. Uh, which was, and they suffered ever since. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody, everybody absolutely. lost. But what they think, they, this is the thing everybody said, they think about the days, the good old days. There are certain Brits who think, oh, the good old days of empire, oh, we could go... Like oh I said, that, that, those idiots outside... Days. Those idiots who were outside on Brexit Day, the day that we were supposed to leave, and the, the, there was the guy there going, "What are you?" And he was asked, "What are you? What are you hoping will come of this?" And he goes, "Well, we can have an empire again." And I thought, oh my God. "You moron!" Let, you we'll, we'll cover that moron. in a moment. Anyway, let's play this clip. Um, uh, have a listen. Today, four Republicans broke with the president and voted to condemn Donald Trump's most recent racist comments. But that's four more Republicans than usually break with the president. That Donald Trump has taken complete control of the Republican Party is obvious to everyone. How he did it is not. That story is told in the new book, American Carnage, on the front lines of the Republican Civil War and the rise of President Trump by Tim Alberta. It tells the story of Paul Ryan's public subservience to the president in Paul Ryan's own words. Quote, I told myself I got to have a relationship with this guy to help him get his mind right, because I'm telling you, he didn't know anything about government. So I thought I can't be his scold like I was. I wanted to scold him all the time. What I learned as I went on to scratch that itch, I had to do it in private. So I did it in private all the time. And he actually ended up kind of appreciating it. We had more arguments with each other than pleasant conversations over the last two years. And it never leaked. Today, the man who took Paul Ryan's place, House Majority Leader Kevin McCarthy, insists that Paul Ryan never said that. You're quoting something based upon a book that I have not read and then I hadn't talking to the Speaker Ryan. I know that's not the words of what he would use because I've been in rooms with him and with the president. And joining us now is the author of that book, Tim Alberta. He is the chief political correspondent for Politico magazine and the author of American Carnage. Uh, Tim, so uh, Kevin McCarthy says your book is false. Paul Ryan never said that. 
Uh, I'm happy to give him the audio tape. He'd like to listen <laughs> okay. to it. I'm not sure uh, what else to say. You should have brought it to the majority of <laughs> So it happens to be on audio tape. But this is this is the very same uh, Kevin McCarthy who, during the campaign, uh, was quoted from behind closed doors from a secret staff source, Republican staff source, saying he believed that Donald Trump took money from Vladimir Putin. And there he is today doing exactly a, a public execution of the transformation that this book describes for Republicans, going from Trump takes money from Putin to I don't believe Paul Ryan would ever have said that about Donald Trump. How dare he? Why would he say yes. that about the dear leader? Uh, look, Kevin McCarthy is just one of many Republicans who, as you noted, Lawrence, have essentially fallen in line behind President Trump, and they do so for any number of reasons, political self-preservation, a, a fear of backlash from the president and from the president's base. And I think what's so fascinating in surveying this, this modern Republican Party is how far it has come in such a short period of time. Mm -hmm. This was not a Trumpian entity as recently as 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. George W. Bush's presidency, for its many failings, was a presidency built upon these ideals of, of compassionate conservatism. And, you know, refugee resettlement was a a huge priority, reentry programs for prisoners, mm -hmm. uh, was, you know, education in urban environments. These were the, the bedrock domestic policy goals of the Bush administration. Of course, we know that they spent tens of millions of dollars trying to alleviate AIDS in Africa. The list goes on. The point is, what you've seen is nothing short of a wholesale transformation of the Republican Party in the last decade. And there's a lot that goes into that. It's, it's, it's a long story, obviously. But what you're seeing today, and specifically, I would say, what you've seen over the last 96 hours in terms of the Republican Party's response to Donald Trump's remarks, or in most cases their lack of response to his remarks, speaks volumes about where the party is and how firmly Donald Trump has taken the party of Reagan, the party of George W. Bush, and, and turned it into the party of Trump. Yeah, there's no previous Republican president who would have stood for any of this. Uh, I'm fascinated by the policy switches on things like international trade and other things. Uh, it, it is stunning to me because that's that happened over a very short period of time. Uh, people uh, who had completely different views of international trade uh, during the presidential campaign. Just just over two years ago, uh, guys like Chuck Grassley and others going completely going along with these tariffs uh, that they would have never gone along with before. It's one of the best stories that got no attention at the time, very little attention at the time, was that in the heat of the 2016 campaign, Paul Ryan and Ted Cruz, who did not get along, these two guys wrote a joint op-ed in USA Today endorsing TPA, basically the yeah. legislation that would have given President Obama, then yes. President Obama, the ability to uh, negotiate Trans trade agreements. Partnership. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and Ted Cruz, about three weeks after this op-ed published, and again, he's in the middle of this you know, hotly contested primary against Donald Trump. And Ted Cruz and his team, who are very smart, they've got their ear to the ground, they're watching what Trump is doing, and they're seeing this appeal that he is achieving with the electorate, and he is obviously shattering Republican orthodoxy in so doing. And Cruz says to his guys, look... I think we need to have a change of heart here. I think we need to come out and publicly disavow that stance that we just took with Ryan a couple of weeks ago. And his guy said, what are you, crazy? We just wrote this op-ed. And basically the decision was, look, do we get accused of being a flip-flopper now and wear that for a couple of weeks and take the beating? Or do we allow Trump to bludgeon us on the issue of trade for the next year and a half? Now, that's a small anecdote, but it speaks volumes yeah, about where people were at that point in the party. Because again, the, you spoke to it a second ago, the rate of change is what 
what is so whiplash-inducing yes. at this point. This yep. didn't happen over a period of 30 or 40 or 50 yep. years. It's really happened, you could even consolidate it down into a period of probably 36 months in which some of core bedrock Republican principles that have been held since the Reagan era have essentially been thrown out the window. Everyone marvels at the Trump relationship uh, to evangelical voters who, in Donald Trump's own words, are privately referred to in your book as the effing evangelicals. No, it's a term of endearment. Uh, I should note, you know, it's so it's fascinating. Obviously, we're all transfixed on this relationship between the the white evangelical Republican voter and Donald Trump. And obviously, this is a group of voters who had spent years demanding a certain degree of, of moral leadership from the highest office in the land and really from all government officials. And people want to know, how could they have possibly forged this partnership with this guy, this thrice married, you know, philanderer? Who, who paraded the, you know, the pinups and the porn stars uh, through the tabloids. And I think the answer, Lawrence, is really quite simple, actually. It's transactional. We know that Donald Trump is transactional. I think what we don't fully appreciate, appreciate about evangelical voters is many of them felt let down by the George W. Bush presidency. They felt like we had elected one of our own, a guy who famously said in that debate that Jesus was his role model, a guy who sits in the pews with us, but he didn't do all that much for us. Remember, on a lot of these social issues, a lot of the conservative movement thought that George W. Bush was kind of weak in the knees. So by the time 2016 rolls around and these people feel like they've been trampled under Barack Obama and the American left for the last eight years and they are under siege from forces of culture and politics. They're looking for somebody to get in the arena and start throwing haymakers. And Trump, again, give him credit. He's prescient. He sees this. And Trump goes to them and basically says, look, you know that I'm not one of you. Uh, I can't speak your language. I don't agree with you probably on half these issues, but I'm willing to go to war for you guys in a way that none of the rest of these Republican patsies are willing to. They might talk a good game, but when the going gets tough, they're going to fold because they are all creatures of political convention. I am not. I'm beholden to no one. And it is impossible to articulate just how appealing that message was to these evangelicals. And essentially, it became this transactional relationship. They would give him undying allegiance, and he would give them everything they had wanted and didn't get out of George W. Bush. Tim Alberta and the book is American Carnage and it is the single best uh, explanation of how we got to Trumpism in the Republican Party. Tim, when the book tour slows down, I need you to come back to do this one. And so there we have it. Um, okay. Makes, makes a lot of sense. It's very well put and I agree with quite a lot of that. Yeah. I do. Although the cowardice of some of these people is slightly whitewashed over, because there are things you can do. Yeah, you just got to be not be scared of losing your job, and that's the problem. They are the more scared they put themselves before the country, and that's it. And what you need some somebody like, for example, Robert Mueller, he went as far as he possibly could in in that report where he said there is. Uh, if there was a way that I could have uh, stated that a crime was not committed, I would have done so. That was him as good as saying, yeah, he should be indicted if he wasn't a president and we could, we would have, we would have done that. He's a public servant. He's not bothered that there are people out there that hate him. He's not bothered that there are MAGA people and Trump people and, or, and some just general Republicans who hate him. He's a guy who's put in the country before himself, his own best interests. And and that's what you need right now. You need people to step up. When it turned out that Nixon was a crook and those tapes leaked and it was... It, it just took a long mind. time, though. It, it took did. a long time. It took a long yeah. time. 
but they did. I was they, there, they, but they were Reddit. crumbling. They were crumbling, and it and it was only the night of the Long Knives and the and the the Saturday Night Massacre. Um, it was only when when it started to really get the papers to to explosion point where, yeah, I, I get it. But they did step up at that point and they went, "Yep, yeah, we've got to take him out. He's got to go." And they forced him to resign. Here's the difference, though. I don't think they could force him to resign. Do you? Um, I don't think I you could think force Trump have to, to resign. Drag him out. I really do. I think he'd, he'd have to be released. He'd have to be removed under the law. Yeah. He'd have to do. They would. So the tweets. Um, this is what Kellyanne Conway uh, said, defending Donald Trump. The issue about socialism, communism, anti-Americanism. Re- excuse me, I'm answering your question. Is is not, has nothing to do with gender. It has nothing to do with race, and. I've about had it with people denigrating the American flag, Americans uh, analogizing red hats to swastikas. Is that where we really are now? And and respectfully to all of you, I'm trying here, but if you're not going to push, excuse me, if if you're going to be afraid of and adoring of these four congressmen who practically got here yesterday, all of you have been on this beat for a very long time working your butts off to get it right. If you're going to be afraid of and adoring of them and not challenge their facts, you, you allow them again yesterday to say people are drinking out of toilets? I was at the border on Friday. I bothered to go. You allow them to say millions of people died because of Trump and health care? These are just lies. The president said today he doesn't erase his bone in his body. I've been by his side for three over three straight years. People show their truth selves in private often enough. I have never, ever heard that man say anything untoward based on race in my experience. Ah, we We've go. heard it in public. We've heard it in public. She is ridiculous. That woman is the most absurd person since... Do you remember um, that that uh, guy, that propaganda minister in Iraq when Iraq oh, yes, was invaded yes, and he was yes. on there going, no, no, there's no it's Americans fine, here. Yeah. It's all fine. It's all great. And in the background, you could literally see explosions and stuff and going Kelly, on. Kelly yeah. uh, She's that. Conway's She's that husband person. hates yeah. Trump now. Yeah, I know. Hates. But I, do, I don't believe that she likes him. I don't. I don't. I think she's being paid and she's doing her job. And I think she shuts her conscience off and leaves the conscience. I, yeah, leaves it at the. I, leaves it at home. I think for a woman, woman, she's an arrogant shit. Oh, she's arrogant. Yeah, I'll give her End that. End story. Arrogant yeah. shit. But I mean, yeah, I but but you've word. got to kind of just say she lost her credibility when she used the phrase alternative facts because yeah. that was yeah. a yeah. ridiculous thing for an adult. Never mind a politician or a spokesperson or a PR person. It was a ridiculous thing to come out with. It's something a child would would try to use in an argument. Alternative now, now facts. Got a clip here next uh, about white nationalists turning on Trump. But I want to talk about white nationalism uh, in the states. But I want to bring it home as well. Really, uh, this Brexit nonsense that's happened here has caused. Well, 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 we're in a situation where... It's, it's turned a crazy. lot of people into it's dickheads, crazy. is what you're trying to say. Yeah, uh, yeah. and and heading or leading that sort of world at the moment is Boris Johnson, amongst others. But he, he did an article at weekend saying, talking about mental health, and it's a typical thing that I expect him to say, but he said it. He, he said he's, he's copying... Um, um, a former leader of the Conservative Party, and uh, Churchill, and he said, uh, mental health, uh, all you need to cure it, in, in these words, many words around that, probably a little bit of Latin thrown in as well, was uh, work. It fixes it all. 
Oh, right, okay. Right. Uh, and it's called that weekend. I think, I think it's really important in 2019 that we reach back to 1946 for useful quotes on mental health because it's such a fast-evolving um, form of, of psychiatry, medicine, whatever. It, it, it's evolving on a daily basis yeah. even now. So it's very important to go back to 1946 and see what a, a really fat, overweight, unhealthy, close to his first heart attack individual has to say on the subject. Just saying. Just saying. There you go. White nationalism. This country has this... I always think, and I remember Lou Reed once saying how, uh, he's talking about New York, he goes, it's a heroin epidemic. He says, uh, listen, what happens here in, the, in uh, New York will come to the UK in the next few years, I guarantee it. And then literally, I think it's three, four, five years later, there was a heroin epidemic around here. Uh, in fact, one of my friends died through it. Mm-hmm. Um and you would remember the big heroin when heroin was everywhere. Yeah, I do remember. Um, and this right wing ideology, which is spread to Brazil, which is in Italy, is is upon us, Mike. It's upon us now. Hmm? And, and, I know. And we're going to cover the BBC, but the BBC aren't helping. They're not giving a fair um, and unbiased opinion. This, I mean, I can't. We've got. A, uh, Prime Minister being elected ne- not elected next week. He's not elected. Elected by his own party next week. He's going to govern us, and we've never elected the last two of them. We're in a situation where you could say <laughs> it's a dictatorship. We 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 are now we we the person that got elected and she didn't get elected was Theresa May, and and she didn't get elected. No, I said she last wasn't two. elected. She no. didn't get a majority. The last person to get a majority in the House of Commons was David Cameron. And that's it. And then he resigned to her. Then she went and threw away a load of seats and lost a majority. And now we're having this pursuit. Conservatives just follow. And he's, he will not call Trump. He will not call Trump. And we're in a situation where look, kids now are He condemned de- these kids. words over the weekend, to be uh, fair. I hate to defend oh, him. But he defended in wishy-washy. So, did he, he, would nice he not say the said. word racist, though, would he? No, he didn't he say would that. Not, he, he, no. he well, Theresa May didn't either. They will not use the word racist. She condemned him, but didn't use but the word racist. But their policies, and this right-wing policies, have got uh, thousands and thousands of kids in debt now, like in America, with, mm. the, with the funding you know, for the university. It never used to happen here, but in America they started off, oh, we'll charge the kids, uh, and they'll bow out, supposed to pay us back, and, and all the of it. Then that policy came over to here, mm. five years later, like Lou Reed mm. said. So you've got kids in debt everywhere, You've got the health service being sold off, which I dread to think what's going on here in the health service because mm. we don't hear half of it. It's all hidden. Uh, and we're in a situation where Boris Johnson will be... Boris, I mean, yeah. it's like saying Donald Trump is taking over. Here us going on about America, saying how rubbish it is. Yeah, but look, keep perspective, but look at ourselves. Keep perspective on it, though. Keep perspective. Go on. Donald Trump's got power. Although he's lost the House, he's got the Senate, he's got power, he can do executive orders. Boris is a lame duck. He's going to come in, he's got the same mathematical composition of the House. The people that hated um, leaving Europe and are going to be this, are more entrenched because he's the leader, they're going to disappear from the... The Remainers are going to disappear from the Cabinet and go on the back bench where they've nothing to lose, nothing to lose. And then you're going to have a government formed of lunatic 
Brexiteers. It's going to be the most right-wing government we've ever had in the United Kingdom. I'm not joking there, by the way. Uh, it, this will make uh, Margaret Thatcher's government seem tame, what you're about to get elected. So do, he can only compose that government from, from certain people. He's going to probably... Uh, the, the, most radi- the least radical will probably be Rab. Who, who, he get, who he'll probably make chancellor. The rest of them are a load of, of baying dogs. They're, 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 they're an absolute bunch of nutters. They're one step away from, from the, uh, our, our posh mate. What's his face? Jacob. Yeah, Rees Mogg. They're, they're just, in fact, he might, you never know, he might even be in. Well, Farage, I mean, that was in about, uh, this this week. There is booing again in the EU. Yeah, I know. It's childish behaviour. Anyway, let's play this clip. This is uh, yeah. why the white nationalists are slightly turning on Trump. These are people that if they don't like it here, they can leave. President Trump defending his tweets targeting four progressive Democrats of color. Today tweeting, these tweets were not racist. But you know who does think that? avowed racist, and they love it. This from neo-Nazi Andrew Anglin, who runs one of the most clicked racist anti-Semitic websites. This is the kind of white nationalism we elected him for. A white nationalist podcaster simply parroted Trump's words with a picture of the four American congresswomen with the caption, send them back. White nationalist Patrick Casey tweeted in agreement that the four lawmakers simply do not belong in America, let alone in our government. What does the president think about support from these circles? It doesn't concern me because many people agree with me. Prominent white supremacists, neo-Nazis and anti-Muslim bigots have fully embraced Donald Trump's recent tweets. The Anti-Defamation League's Joanna Mendelson says the president's words are also having an impact on American society as a whole. Essentially, it normalizes hate and it makes it acceptable and it lowers our bar, our tolerance for what is allowed in our country. And that is dangerous. But here's a twist. Hail Trump! Hail our people! Hail victory! White nationalist Richard Spencer, who hailed Trump when he was first elected, is among those who are turning on Trump. Many white nationalists will eat up this red meat that Donald Trump is throwing out there. I am not one of them. I recognize the con game that is going on. They say Trump is all talk and no action on maintaining white dominance in America. He gives us nothing outside of racist tweets. And by racist tweets, I mean tweets that are meaningless and cheap and express the kind of sentiments you might hear from your drunk uncle while he's watching Hannity. Yes, that was Richard Spencer, the man who championed the 2017 Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville, Virginia, who believes that whites should live separately from non-whites and Jewish people. Him calling the president's tweet outright racist. But to be clear, there are many white nationalists, supremacists, neo-Nazis, whatever racist group they adhere to, who believe that the president is still their best choice. So there we have it, Mike. Um, and hail, my, hey. hail, 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 that's a lot hail, Boris. Yeah. I've heard that. I've heard that already. Hail, Boris. Mm. Where are we going with this, Mike? We've got 15 minutes after the show, and I want to sort of cover a little bit about BBC. Yeah. Well, I want to talk about. Um, you, you said about 
you know, it's the same numbers when Boris takes over. Because yep. it will be him. Less, less, yeah, I mean, it's him. It's Boris Johnson him. will it's be what? taking over as Prime Minister. Oh, what date is that, by the way? Uh, is oh, it gosh, next week? Next Thursday. Next Thursday. I think Thursday. it might even be. Well, we might know by the time we're doing this show. Okay. Um, uh, uh, and uh, we're in that situation. And, and, and to stop that, we had the Labour Power Party and we have the Liberal Party, hopefully. Um, but you've fallen out with the Labour Party. I've sort of semi-fallen out with the Labour Party as well because no matter what, I, d- I don't think um, he, he's a great leader, Jeremy. But I tell you what, great, though, he's not a leader. He's not a great, but, not a great leader. He's I not think, a leader. He's, think, he's a completely... Think, he's a vacuum. But I think his manifesto he brought out was the best manifesto ever from a Labour Party. Yeah, OK. Uh, and that's him... So, oh, it's not him. him it's, it's, and, no, it's the national executive. He, 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 we, we are a party. Give him some credit for something. No, I'm not giving him credit for anything. He, I'm not. And also, I won't. He's, he's thinking about anti-Semitism. Yeah. He's, jumping at, he's, he's a anti-Zionist more than anything, isn't he? he that's, I don't know. 19 years ago, I was sat about the distance from here. Mike, you from said him this and story he called, many, many Yeah, times, and he was calling I, Jews kikes in front of me. So what do you expect me to think that in 19 years that he's changed? Because that's what he did, and that's how he was carrying on. And he was carrying on about Europe and making a massive statement about Europe. And and, and what are you? And are you supposed to think that he doesn't think that? Well, everything he's done shows that he's that person. Well, I was uh, Mike, and I, I you know um, I, I wouldn't like to whatever. But he is on a stage. He said you, it. You look, you look back. So you got one. There were other people there. A lot of okay. people heard it, and and it, it, it's Mike, not Mike, an isolated Mike, incident. Mike. There were other people so out there who Boris. know what Let's have like. Boris in. Let's have Boris there. No. Right then. So you're not going to fix it, is it? No. The so, thing, so Parliament. Don't you see? Don't Parliament you, don't you see? is wrecked. The now. last. It's broken. <coughs> we all make mistakes. Don't we? Broken. And what? Well, yeah, that's but, all right. That when you're, when years you're ago, running nine, a corner shop, 19, that's okay. Mike, nineteen years ago, nineteen. Years okay, ago. well, let's forget about that and so, let's just look at what's happened since he became leader. Let's pretend that I've never met him. I don't know pretend, him, and let's, let's look say, at what he's done. Let's let's see. The yeah. media has been against him. It's clearly they have. The media have been against him from day one. They've been against him to it, a degree, a, but, he's massive, also, but and a lot of it way. was true. And a lot of it was true that they were exposing. Were they against him when they're taking the piss out of him because he's actually reading on the teleprompter, speak louder at this point? He's an incompetent... That that he's incompetent. That's what it is. Right, he's incompetent. He's the best leader. I, he's not I, a leader. I, I agree. I wish you'd stop saying that. Well, he he's a, not no, a leader. He's a, he's a li- leader. No, he's not a he's leader. He's a leader of the Labour Party. No, he's it's not. Fact. No, fact. he's got a title. Fact. He's got the title. Fact. You're the manager of this radio station because you've got the job title and you do the job and you manage this radio station effectively and in a really productive way. He has got the title. He doesn't do the job. Well, plenty of people... End of story. Uh, uh, he encouraged the younger vote, which has never been done before. Yeah, well, let's see how many of them turn round now. Now they know how he feels about Europe. How do you because think they're going to vote, eh? we are going to have an election soon. Yeah, you are. This are. year, I've told you. Yep. It's happening in October. So don't so, book so your holidays. So who are you voting for? I'm not going to vote. Oh, that fixes everything. I'm not going to vote for him. I'm not voting for him. That fixes everything. And I'm not voting for someone else and being disloyal either. I am not voting for that guy unless he changes his policy on Europe. End of story. 
I want to remain in Europe. I will not accept anything else. And I am not going to vote for the leader of a party that wants to take us out of Europe. And that's what he wants to do. John Pilger, a very respected journalist, documentary Great guy. Is his Timor documentary is one of the most powerful pieces of TV I've ever seen. I remember the the one about where they found all the schools, what Mm. they called. Unbelievable. He's he's an incredible journalist. He agrees with me. Have a listen. What did this BBC Grundy mean? The BBC is has the most brilliant production values. It produces the most extraordinary natural history and drama series. But the BBC is and has long been the most refined propaganda service in the world. I find the double standards, these... Um, bogus attacks on RT. Uh, if you compared with the the, uh, uh, the BBC's record of suppression, um, I remember calculating during the Irish War something like 48 major BBC programmes, either uh, banned, doctored, or delayed. But around the BBC, there's the sort of cult that if you enter the BBC, you immediately rise to a nirvana of, of impartiality, and there are two sides to everything. That's nonsense to begin with, but the BBC is an extension of the established order in this country. I don't think that's even controversial. It just is. It does some very fine work, but it just is, and for it to claim that it isn't and others are really uh, subverting the British state by giving another view is just absurd. So there we have it. A guy you respect, I respect. I do respect him. Saying it's just um, like Trump. It's the party, they they follow what he says. The BBC follows whatever the leader of the... But you're wrapping two arguments into one. You're basically saying that Jeremy Corbyn is okay, he's not as bad as everyone's making out, and that the BBC are biased. Yeah. You're wrapping it all in one. I am. And it's not all in one, because he is a lunatic and he is an absolute waste of space as a leader. He is a racist when it comes to Jewish people. He certainly isn't with anybody else, but he certainly hates Jewish people. Well, I think he supports I think, let's get right, I think he supports Palestinians. Yeah. Uh, supports Palestinians. No, he, he hates Jews. Well, I suppose. Well, many, he'd, many, he'd, many, he'd, many. I, I've watched a friend of mine. A friend stuff. of mine is is a an Arab guy, and this is many years ago. He's walking down yeah. the street. I used to see him all the time. You know, okay. I say a friend, an acquaintance. I used to show him where to get cheap. Remember the Barrow Boys or mm. in Manchester? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember Before that they got moved on got by moved the on. Manchester City Council. He's nice said, one for that. Yeah, he said, "Come there, get all this cheap fruit and, and vegetables." Yeah. So I went went down with him. I got this deal, and he's haggling and got all this mm. fantastic. A Jewish guy walked past and spits at him. Yeah, I get that. Spits at him. Yeah. I, I was like, I'm embarrassed because uh, I'm, I'm Palestinian. Yeah, I get they that. They are the enemy. Yeah, I get that. They've taken over our Well, land. what do you... I, I understand that and I agree with his sentiment. I don't agree that he should be spitting at a Jewish person. No, I do should he hate? should he hate the Jewish ideology, yeah, but he's he's making the mistake there of taking it out on somebody doesn't that he the doesn't Labour know. Party always support, he doesn't know. Are supporting, not, not supporting, a right-wing, and clearly the states, a very right-wing government supported by an extreme right-wing government in America. 
So he's going against a right-wing government. He's stating things that happen in Israel. You can't say anything about Israel without being slaughtered. You can't. The wait, what, what the, they've Can weaponised. No, no, let, let's be real. What's happened is there are certain people in the right-wing um, party that that used to be Likud, and it, it still is. I mean, they they still managed to cling on there, Netanyahu, and him and all his cronies, and and that that establishment, that operation that that's prevalent in the US, that works with ambassadors and and they grease the wheels in Washington, make sure that their needs and their banking needs and and their little hold that they've got on certain areas of business uh, are maintained, and the they've weaponized the word anti-Semitism because if you say if if you say at least last we agree no I agree on that I've been annoyed about that for a long time because I hate I hate Better Netanyahu, I hate his government I hate their policy of of eradicating settlements I'm as what? Same as Corbyn? No, because I'm not on an incompetent baboon. On your sentiments? In my sentiments towards Palestine, yeah. But I don't hate Jewish people because no. Corbyn, Corbyn is all for Palestine and he's all for that, hates the Netanyahu government and he can't divorce the Jewish race right. from what's going on with the Jewish government. It's like me being being a abused in the street by somebody from another country because of some policy that David right. Cameron's yeah, yeah, done. Yeah. It's not down to me. I didn't vote for him. And, and I can tell you that there are a lot of people in Israel that did not vote for that government that, that actively campaign on behalf of Palestinians, that when all these settlement disruptions are there, they're actually a lot of students that are campaigning with placards, leave it, two-state solution, we want peace... That's the people that Corbyn doesn't recognise. I'll tell that point. I'll tell that point. Another thing uh, which I don't, uh, which we both agree on regarding Labour leader, is momentum. Mm. Uh, momentum, I think. Uh, there are virus started off in, in the right way and turned into uh, just utter, It's militant with the internet. Yeah, yeah. It's militant with the internet. It's the same yeah. group of people. They've got the same ideologies. So, so we've got a few minutes left. Uh, there are protests. We, they turn Labour into a protest movement. Do, uh, let's go with Psychic. Psychic Mike. Uh, we're going to have an election. I think yep. that's a must. It's, it's a guarantee. It's broken. Yeah, we're in the mess. We're going to have an election. Uh, Labour get battered. Um, and suddenly it's another um, Liberal and Conservative pact again. Uh, he, he will have to resign then. He will have to resign. He would have to because yeah. the matter... What, what would happen is this, though. I will say this. If Labour got battered like that, when, this is actually a very likely outcome that you've started to explain there. If this election goes the way I think it will, Labour are going to do very badly, unless clearly and irrevocably, before the announcement of the general election, they make it plain that they stand for remain. If they stand for remain, you could have a situation vote where split, though, with it's going to be difficult, but I yeah. still I, it would then be a Lib Lab pact, right? Yeah. And that would be possible. If you go but into... But then, then, Mike, you're going to get still the people who want to lead this country, who, who, who vote yeah, Labour. No, I know, but you won't get... They won't do a deal with Corbyn, though. No. They won't do a deal with Corbyn, so he'd have to go. If Labour would, would then be put in a position where Corbyn would have to step down and then Labour could get government and maybe someone like Keir Starmer step in, or, or Corbyn, then what would he do? I'll tell you what I think he'd do. I think he'd cling on. 
I think he'd cling on. I, I think he'd I, act I against that, yeah. the best interests of the Labour Party because that's all he's done since he took over. Now, what's more likely to happen is that we, it, there is the general election. Uh, Boris tries to get away with dissolving Parliament. He knows he can't get a vote on a deal. He knows he can't even get a deal from Brussels. So he dissolves Parliament. There's illegal action. The Queen intervenes and then Parliament is re- reopened. And then there's going to be a general election call because if the Queen dissolves Parliament, which she's got every power to do constitutionally if in a crisis like that, which she would have to dissolve Parliament, then there'll be a general election. And at that point, the result could very well be enough that the Tories and the Lib Dems could do a coalition again. But I'm telling you right now, they will not do a coalition with Corbyn and they will not do a coalition no. with Boris no. Johnson. Boris Johnson is for leaving and the Lib Dems would only do a coalition with somebody who was at least only at least split have, on it or one, even handed. One minute left on British politics and we're going to say goodbyes. The Brexit party, uh, will they continue to get votes? Yeah. Will, will Farage still be in? Yes. They will, and they'll get enough to disrupt. I don't believe in the general election they're going to get what they the, what you're looking at. The polls are they would be a third party or a second party. You know, I don't believe that. I think they get about fifty seats and just enough to really wreck things. And I think we're in for a rough ride. We are in for a hell of a rough ride. The next ten years in this country will be the years that go down in the history books when people are looking at this period. It will be the biggest upheaval since the turn of the century and then do from the in the victorian era that this will be re, it's going to redraw the map you may end up with three party politics after this but certainly you are not going to have business as usual at the end of this it's not going to happen okay that's all do us uh till next week my name's paul ripley and i'm mike royce 